Joining us now, he is the most recent winner on the Web.com tour. Reen Gibson joins us. Reen, how are you doing today, my man? Yeah, really good, guys. How are you? Great. Doing awesome. All right, I, I got I to gotta say this right out of the gate. Just looking at the results over the, over the year so far in 2019, yeah. I think you enjoy Central America and the Carolinas. <laughs> um, yeah, I, lo I love South America. I always seem to play good down there on the tougher golf courses. <laughs> and uh, Carolina's been good to me. Yeah. I mean, T8 in Bogota, T5 in Panama, uh, T4 last week up in Raleigh, and then, of course, the W uh, in the Rain Short and BMW Charity. How difficult was it this, this past weekend? I mean, and, and where... When did you finish round one, round two, round and, and obviously round three on Sunday? But when did you finish round one and round two? Uh, so we got round one in fine, um, and then round two was a long day. That was uh, that was a five thirty wake up call, and left the course at seven p.m. for one round of golf. Wow! Um, so that was a lot of a lot of stop stoppage of play, um, all that, all that. So yeah, it was a that was a long day. And then didn't didn't touch the club on Saturday, so uh, definitely a weird kind of a weird week, you know, with the weather. But super happy we could get 54 holes in because the forecast really didn't look great. Yeah, I mean, we were we actually broadcast live uh, on Saturday morning. Play resumed at 7:44 a.m. Our show started at 8 o'clock, and it was funny. We were sitting there uh, back of the clubhouse overlooking the ninth green. Tommy Ganey had a 35 footer for birdie. And on his last hole of the second round, knocked it in and basically uh, came up and did an interview and went and went home and never touched the club the rest of the day. So it was, yeah, it had to be a long day. There were some people that hadn't even teed off yet at that point. So um, do you think it helped you at all that you did that maybe you didn't have to go back out and touch a club on Saturday? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I've been playing well. So I was, I mean, I was just kind of chomping at the bit to get back out there. Um, and to be honest, it was one of those deals to where if the tournament just happened to be 36, I would have been happy with fourth place. So I, I kind of treated it that way. Either way, it's a bonus if we get to play great. If not, it's a good result. So coming off fourth last week and then, you know, the possibility of another fourth this week kind of kept me rolling and would have got me closer to my card. Um, but then obviously having the opportunity to play the third round and, and playing well and winning, um, you know, secured my card for next year, which is fantastic. Reen, when you got a when you got a round that lasts like you talked about twelve or fourteen hours, the whole day was fourteen hours long. How tired do you get um, as you before you go back out, however many times it is, and and what do you do during that during that downtime? I mean, I'm not, I you know we we see on television on on the PGA Tour and the Web.com Tour that everybody's kind of hanging around and you know some guys are playing cards or whatever, but. But that's a lot of time to fill, man. What do you do? Um, so, first of all, it's, it's kind of more mentally draining yeah. coming in and off the golf course, right. having to re-warm up, you know, not really knowing what's happening. Um, if we get a break for an hour, they want to get some holes in. Um, but with regard to the long break, yeah, I didn't really do much. Kind of hung out in the locker room and the men's grill. You know, you just kind of talk to all the guys, just random stuff, watch TV, um, it's just a weird one because you, you feel like as soon as you go home or back to your hotel, wherever you're staying, that you're going to get a text saying, hey, you've got to be back in 30 minutes to restart. So it's, it's one where you kind of feel bad if you leave the course. Um, so they kind of, you know, they kind of hold you there in position. So it can get pretty mundane for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we, so we go to the third round. Um, 
obviously you played extremely well. Uh, shot thirty on the front. Um, did you were you were you paired with Mitchell in the last round? I, I can't remember. Um, no, he was in the final group with Ventura. Okay, um, I was in the second uh, the second right. last so group you, with so you, so you've got to know after turning thirty that you you've kind of you, you've got it going on. Um, were you were you uh, as as you go to the backside? Were you were you still thinking? Hey, if I can just uh, make pars and, and hit the next right next shot really well, I got a good shot at winning this thing. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I obviously had a great front nine, like you alluded to, and uh, I didn't really look at. I was telling the guys today; they were asking me. I didn't. Uh, I didn't look at the scoreboard until seventeen. Wow! Um, but my whole my whole thought going into the back nine was, you know, if I keep keep making some birdies, yeah. you know, we've got back to back par fives on fifteen and sixteen, and I'm going to be hard to beat. Um, I, also, I was also kind of telling them that I didn't want to feel obligated or feel, feel the pressure of having the birdie the past uh-huh. fives, and that's another reason why I didn't really look at the leaderboard. And then I, I managed two birdie the two par fives, and then hit a great shot in the 17, kind of a tough par three, um, and I had about 15 feet. And that's when I kind of really looked at the leaderboard, and that was kind of the determining factor whether I felt like I needed to make that putt yeah. or just kind of lag it down there. And I walked on the green and saw I had a three-shot lead. Gotcha. Um, so that was that, that was a nice feeling for sure. Now, and and uh, we, we know Saturday's weather was uh, was dicey uh, later on in the afternoon. How, how was it Sunday during the round? I mean, I kept looking at the radar because I'm up in the in the Charlotte area, and I kept looking at the radar, and it looked like there was some rain that was falling. Uh, how was it for most of the day? Yeah, we definitely warmed up in the rain um, when we did get to restart. I think my tee time got pushed to about 11. And then it was decent for a while. And then towards, you know, 15, 16, we heard some rumbling with some weather coming in. And apparently we were just dodging cells left and right. Uh, and then when we heard the rumbling, I, I, was a, I was a little worried. Like, I wanted to get finished. But at that point in time, I knew half the field had finished, which is the regulation to come back on Monday to finish. And being on 16, it would have only been two holes to finish. So um, that kind of made me rest easier, I guess you'd say. And uh, just glad we could get all 18 in yesterday. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, people may not know, but you do hold a Guinness World Record, don't you? I do, yes. It was a couple of years ago now, but uh, it is on the uh, CV. Man, shooting 55, 16 under, um, how many eagles? I mean, hole in one. I mean, what? <laughs> tell tell me a little bit about that round. That number, that number just doesn't. It I mean, doesn't that, even sound right. That's a video time. game, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it, it actually felt like it when I shot it. No, I had uh, twelve birdies and two eagles. Um, we started on the back nine at uh, it was a golf course called River Oaks Golf Club. Of course, I know really well. It was a course that kind of was the home to my college golf team. So I played the bunch and um, yeah, teed off the back pod ten. And then reeled off two eagles and uh, six birdies to make the turn ten under, um, which was which was pretty insane. And then managed to reel off some more on the front and birdied the last three and then added up to sixteen. It was it was definitely a crazy day. Wait, were you were you playing anybody for money that day, per chance? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so we had a we have a like a Saturday round competition round between a bunch of pros and, and scratch golfers at the course at the time and. There were six of us that day, and um, so we had two groups of three. And uh, let's just say I would have won a lot of money that day, but I didn't make them pay me. <laughs> Man, it's unbelievable. You know, I was uh, a course that I belong to up here, par seventy-two. Uh, you know, we had a whole bunch of guys that were playing, and a, and a professional was out there playing with us one day, and. 
everybody's like, man, you know, Matt just mixed a, about a 15-footer on 17 and a 15-footer or 12-footer on 18 to shoot 59. I said, oh, he shot 60. I said, and they said, oh, I said, well, you know, did he make any eagles? They said, no, he made 12 birdies. I said, well, that's good. And they said, why is that? I said, well, because I eagled 15, so I'm at least going to win a skin. <laughs> I mean, you got to you got you, you got to win when you can, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So, you know, as you said earlier, you got you got enough points. Uh they're they're talking eight hundred and thirty roughly is the number to for the twenty five that are gonna get their PGA tour cards prior to the yep. uh, the playoffs. Um and, and you're yep. you're up you're up over that. So you, you feel pretty good about that going forward. So does that change the scheduling for the rest of the year, or now is it kind of keep the pedal to the metal and try and work your way as high up on that in that 25 as you can? Because we know that number one comes with a lot more benefit than being number two. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, I guess you could say that's in the back of my mind, but you know, when I look at where I am at seventh, at maybe just under 900 points, and I think I, I think Robbie or or Scotty Scheffler's leading at, at least 1,500. So that's still a lot of points, you know, between where I am and where they are. But um, with regards to scheduling, last week was probably a big week for me, uh, finishing fourth in Raleigh, because that really – the first checkpoint I always look at out here is to make sure I lock in 75, because that gets you the full cards the next year on the web, you know, and that gets you into the playoffs to give you a chance at a tour card. So that kind of freed me up. I knew I was playing well, and that led into, obviously, good golf this week. Um and which, yeah, it allows me to take some weeks off. But, you know, I'm playing well. I want to, I'm going to play the next two weeks and, and take Utah off. I really want to kind of capitalize on my form and, uh, you know, see if I can run with it, see if I can get another high finish this week and, and maybe chase that, those guys down that are at the top of the points list. Reen, did you try to qualify for the Open a few weeks back? I did. I was down in Dallas. Okay. Um, at the, at the first one, and actually played with Scotty Scheffler, who uh, oh, okay. who got through, which was great to see. Yeah. So, how did you end up at Oklahoma Christian University? That, that's <laughs> a question I get asked a lot. I can't. Sure. I've never um, even heard of it until I just pulled it up on Google. Yeah. So yeah, coming from Australia, um, it was difficult. I came over in the fall of 2004, and it's really I never got I was never in a position to do a college visit or, or whatnot. So I was really at the mercy of talking to other players that have done it or, you know, what, what the website kind of portrays. And at the end of the day it was it was a really good fit for me, uh, college in general. I wasn't good enough at eighteen to turn pro. I had ambitions of wanting to and it was a good a good way to get an education as a backup plan, grow as a person, you know, grow my game. And, uh, you know, I, I graduated from Oklahoma Christian and, um, you know, I thought I'd give pro golf a go and I'm still doing it. So um, it was, it was kind of random. Oklahoma Christian were one of the first schools to offer me a full scholarship. And I basically said, how bad could it be? Um, <laughs> exactly. So I committed pretty early, yeah. uh, packed up my life in, in a suitcase and, and towed the clubs with me. And uh, 15 years later, I'm, I'm still living about five miles from the school I went wow. to. So. Wow. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Nice. Hey, before we let you go, I got one more question. You were back on the, you were on the PGA Tour uh, one time before after a good 2015 yeah. season out on the Web.com Tour. Um, do you think getting back out there this time, you'll be a little bit better prepared? Uh, just curious as to, to get your thoughts and going around for it the second time. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that the first year out there, it's you know you're on the range next to some of the guys I grew up watching on TV. You know. It's, seems pretty surreal um not only that you know the 
the travel's a lot different, um, knowing where to stay, courtesy cars. There's just a lot thrown at you from a rookie standpoint. And not only that, the plane opportunities out of the web.com category aren't that great. You know, like we're playing against guys that have access to 30, 35 events. The year I played, I had access to 17. Wow. Um, you know, so you're kind of already behind the eight ball a little bit. Sure. It's the fall. Uh, the fall events are really important for our category because we reshuffle. So you want to have a good good couple of finishes in the fall, and that that can set you up for both the uh, West Coast Swing and the East Coast Swing um, events that I didn't even Smith getting in in 16. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, man, uh, we appreciate you taking some time out with us after your uh, your W over the weekend, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the season. We'll be uh, watching and see what happens. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on.